Hello, everyone, and welcome to Outright News Magazine's brand new podcast, Speak Out. Unfortunately, due to some technical difficulties in the booth, the very first minutes of this episode were not recorded properly. So, to catch you up, my name is Christopher. I use Zizem and he, him pronouns, and I am the editor in chief of Outright. My co host, Judah, who will introduce themselves soon, uses they, them pronouns. Our very first episode is about Satanic Panic, our fall 2022 print theme, and I really hope you enjoy this pilot. In any case, while Chris figures that out, um, again, I'm Judah. I'm a developmental editor here and staff writer. You've probably seen many of my works. I've been here for a hot minute. Um, I've been here since 2019, the fall of 2019, when I entered here at UCLA. Um, I was in the final Front Queer for winter 22. Um... From, no, actually, sorry. The front of her career was from winter 2020. Yeah, winter 2020. <laughs> and then I was also in winter 2022, 2022's Wanting a Queer Beauty in Burden from last winter. And also the spring print, which was Reflections of Radiance from last spring. Or if you read any of our online stuff, um... I also wrote about Velma Dinkley, who finally came out of the closet after 40, 60 or so years. But you know what? It's never too late. It's never too late. It's never too late. <laughs> you are correct. It's never too late to come out of the closet. Yeah. Um, speaking of which. Yeah. Our fall print this quarter, uh, which we just announced today on our Instagram, uh, is themed around the historical phenomenon of satanic panic. Uh, and that is coming out week 10. So for the main event of today, Judah, take it away. What is Satanic Panic? So Satanic Panic, at its best, is probably described as like mass hysteria, right? It's, it, be, it started in the 1980s um, in the wake of the Cold War. So there was also like Red Scare influences on whatever the Satanic Panic was. It coincided with Ronald Reagan's presidency. Everything bad leads back to that man. <laughs> Seriously. Um, we love a good actor becoming the California governor, becoming one of the worst presidents in United States history. No, for real. Because so his presidency coincided with just a lot of awful things. Um, on that subject more, it... Satanic panic also coincided with the white power movement and evangelical megachurches um, and the rise of kind of like the separation of um, or the rise, I guess I should be more specific, the rise of individualism within the church and kind of trying to find your own like religion. And that's what a lot of like megachurch pastors kind of use to draw you in. Um, that's not here nor there. The targets of satanic panic in quotations because it was a panic but was it real we don't know um but you know things such as D, gay people um <laughs> anything that, synonyms you're yeah, saying synonyms Synonyms, basically the d the D players and gay people are just a circle the <laughs> diagram is a circle <laughs> um, yeah, so it's pretty much anything not Christian. And I should specify, it's probably nothing that fits in within, like, the WASP 
category, which is white, Anglo-Saxon, Protestant. Like, it, if it did not coincide with that, you were probably... You were probably targeted during this, like, time. Um, so it actually, like, had an interesting start, Satanic Panic. I was telling Chris earlier that on our walk here. Um, so it started because there was a novel by two Canadian psychiatrists. Psychiatrists with MDs. Let me, <laughs> like, I need you all to, like, Hear this. Psychiatrists with MDs wrote a novel, or not novel, they wrote um, a book on their case study. It was called Michelle Remembers. Um, and they used hypnotherapy to make unfound claims about satanic ritual abuse. The woman in that book, unfortunately, was led to believe that she was a victim of satanic ritual abuse and not a victim of probably whatever was going on in her life. Um, and then, like, it spiraled into this huge thing, um, this huge, huge phenomenon. It actually became international. <laughs> Woo! Ooh, America influencing the world. Classic. <laughs> um, and it started by Canadians. To be fair, it did start with the Canadians, but America is kind of the, the person or the country who popularized it. Um but yeah, as I said earlier, at its best, it was unfounded hysteria based on the numerous things that were happening in the 80s. Like, the 80s were just a very tumultuous time for the world. And at its worst, it was a conspiracy theory that there were satanic organizations ruling the world. And we actually see a lot of this today. Great. Okay. Uh, fantastic. I love a little bit of history that makes me sad. Uh, on a good Friday night. Um, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. Uh, as a gay person who plays D&D, I'm devastated. Um, but yeah, so you might recognize these ideas from current anti-queer, especially anti-trans legislation in the last decade. Uh, we are unfortunately seeing a resurgence in the same attitudes from those decades ago. Uh, I've got some examples here. Number one uh, is bathroom bills, or if you somehow haven't heard of those. It's legislation that essentially forces people to use restrooms that align with their sex assigned at birth. So if you are a cis woman or a trans man, for example, you would use the women's restroom. If you were a cis man or a trans woman, you would use the men's restroom. Um, these bills are particularly being seen in like high schools and middle schools. Um, and students are trans kids are not allowed to use the bathrooms that are associated with their preferred gender. Uh, and we'll get into this a little later of the stuff underlying that that come from satanic panic. But the basic idea, and it's usually centered around transgender women rather than transgender men in women's spaces, um, is that uh, trans people are inherently predatory, queer people are inherently predatory. And if we allow... Um, what they see as queer men in dresses uh, into the women's room, then women are going to be assaulted disproportionately, um, which, fun fact, but not super fun fact, uh, is not the case in practice. Uh, you've likely peed next to a trans person without even knowing, um, because most people use the bathroom for using the bathroom, uh, and transgender women and, and trans men are more likely to face harassment 
sexual assaults, uh, police harassment, etc. in the setting of using the bathroom in public. Um, there was a story of a man, uh, I forget what state it was from, but it was from recently. A trans man was using the women's restroom because that was what he was told to do by a, um, he was at like a private establishment and their rules were in line with bathroom bills. And they were like, hey, you're going to have to use the women's room. Um, women in there became afraid because he passes as a man and he was beaten up outside by a bunch of cis men who thought he was preying on the women inside. Um, so yeah, we still see the effects of these bathroom bills that have been around for quite some time and the attitudes that have been around even longer, as Judah mentioned. Um, another example that we're seeing, especially now, is the banning of social and medical transitioning for minors particularly. Um, it was like one or two weeks ago, Florida's Board of Medicine voted to forcefully detransition all trans youth in the state, which means basically they're going to stop prescribing any hormone therapy, puberty blockers, anything that kids are already on, um, and which essentially forces them to detransition uh, or leave the state, which is very sad. Um, and as one of our articles in the print will explain, that bill also was passed similarly in Alabama um, a little earlier than, than this one in Florida. But either way, targeting kids who they think are being corrupted by queerness. Um, you'll hear a lot of conservative use of the word grooming when it comes to transition. Um, that, uh, that trans kids are being groomed into being the opposite gender. Uh, which doesn't, to me, doesn't really make sense because groomed into, into I guess they see transness as like sexual perversion. But it's like, what are you being groomed into? If it is the case, it's confusing. I don't, I, I mean, it's inherently illogical, but I don't oh, get it. Yeah, but like, <laughs> the United States has been founded on illogism. Just a little logism. bit of it. <laughs> We, I talk a lot. We talked a lot about this in one of my classes. This idea of the color line—it was—it was based off of race, and and we were talking about how logical a lot of, um, we're talking about basically about how logical a lot of racist ideas are, and you could apply the same, kind of the same, illogicism to conservatives who don't believe that trans people deserve rights, um. <sighs> Right, because, like, come on. <laughs> Just seriously, come on. Like, I... Like, it, and it even gets to the point... Like, a lot of discussions about, like, trans identity is, like, you forcing me to use your pronouns and respect your gender identity is infringing my right... My First Amendment right to free speech. Um, but then we see legislation also coming out of um, places like Florida. Uh, Fuck Ron DeSantis. That man sucks. So sad he got reelected. Um, but school boards are trying to deny teachers the ability to respect students' chosen names and pronouns. So, like, uh, the literal fear of Republicans is too much government oversight. And then elected bodies are taking away teachers' rights to express their own opinions about their students and respect them. Um, so, like Judah said... It's not logical. There's no consistent through line to any of these arguments. It's just a way to calm 
fears about child abuse and all of these other things that are like are genuine problems and they need a scapegoat because the easier thing is to scapegoat a marginalized group than like blame the government or blame your church or something like that. Um, so yeah, uh, also many of these laws fall under names, uh, that are like explicitly trying to protect children, quote unquote. Um, like in August of this year, Marjorie Taylor Greene, who was also reelected, uh, introduced the Protect Children's Innocence Act to the federal government, like the House of Representatives, um, that would make providing gender affirming care to trans minors a class C felony punishable by up to 25 years in prison and a $250,000 fine to the doctor. Um, and as I mentioned a couple times, Ron DeSantis, Marjorie Taylor Greene, a bunch of Repu uh, Greg Abbott, who tried to make caring for your trans kids as a parent uh, child abuse in Texas. Uh, these people are getting reelected. And part of the reason for that is because, uh, unfortunately, homophobia and transphobia and these ideas about moral panic uh, have not only not gone away, but have actually gotten worse in recent years. Like all of these examples of legislation, uh, it's been piling on and on and on in the last like five years um, of with, I think uh, this year it's like either 200 or 300 anti-trans bills have been um, proposed across the states um, and in the federal government in just this year. And that's up from the previous year and up from the year before that. And coincidentally, we are also seeing a rise in literal violence uh outside of i mean legislation is violence in these cases but uh murder and assault against trans people particularly trans women of color has also skyrocketed in the past few years so these things are very real like a lot of people like some something i like this will seem unrelated, but I'll get to my point. I'm a disabled person, right? A lot of disability justice uh, surrounds actually like the trans experience and like working within the medical industrial complex to get medical transition and navigating the world as a disabled trans person and like having to go in to doctor's offices that don't have an option to respect you um, and being constantly denamed and misgendered, even if you're there for gender affirming care. Um but outside of specifically relating to transness, a lot of people jump to conservatives just being stupid or like disabled in some way. Like the the whole rhetoric of like racism is a disease or um, like trans like transphobia is just because you're a fucking idiot. And it's like if we treat first of all, like let's not treat terrible things. Let's not patho pathologize terrible things because we don't know how to deal with them. Um, but also if you, unfortunately, and this is a f usually used by like white disabled people is like, if you pathologize certain conditions, people are going to use that as a way to avoid accountability. And it's kind of a way that like, I don't want to say like the liberals, but you know what I mean? Like not very, like very moderate blue folks will be like, oh, well, I can write off these people's opinions because... I just think that they're inherently stupid and like, I don't have to worry about them because they're illogical to me, but like, no, those arguments, even if they're illogical to us, like need to be actively fought because even if they're illogical, they're like a core tenet to fascism and are killing us.
Yeah. Uh, it's, this is yeah. a very depressing topic for the first episode. Yeah, first episode. Woo! Yeah. Episode. We're just going to talk about depressing. We can talk about happy gay things at the end, maybe. Um, hopefully I can figure out how to use the fucking music <laughs> of play Montero and everyone's like, I'm feeling so much better. Um, but yeah, unfortunately. Um, but I mean, there has been pushback, right? Yeah. Like, the good news is that we're not alone in this fight. Like, yeah. there has been pushback from, you know, parents of trans children, pushback from, you know, teachers, pushback from all sorts of different people. Um, because, like, yes, everything seems like it's on fire. But yep. <laughs> I'm also, like, really hopeful that maybe, like, there'll be... Um, I'm just... I'm not generally an optimistic person, but I think watching the way things have played out, especially in cases, like, especially with Roe v. Wade, mm. right? Like, not, not, like, because, let's be real, trans legislation and the fall of Roe v. Wade are very interconnected, right? It's yep. about bodily autonomy. How do we identify ourselves? How do we, you, what decisions do we make for our bodies, like, this is all very connected. It's not like, you know, these are not things that are two separate issues. These are issues that coincide most, if not all of the time. Mm. Um, and I mean, like, we saw laws that, that, are, that have been passed, right? Like Prop 1 in California. That was passed. That legal like quick that, celebration for prop one of california thank yes, god let's, let's just celebrate that because <laughs> that was i was really nervous about that prop um because it enshrines the right to abortion and birth control which is something that people because people were not just worried about abortion right they were also worried about their access to birth control because one of the main things that um roe v wade Roe v. Wade haters. There's probably a better <laughs> the haters. Word for that. I guess the Wade, the waiters. The waiters. <laughs> um, they wanted to also ban the use of birth control. Again, an illogical argument, right? Because they say, oh, well, we want to protect the lives of, we want to protect, you know, people who, who have unprotected sex should have should face the consequences but then when people try to make decisions to prevent those consequences they want to like block. no no don't wait no don't don't prevent abortion like oh shit oh. i hope i didn't break that uh don't prevent abortion by um that hopefully is not broken i just dropped something don't tell ucla radio um <laughs> but yeah don't don't try to stop abortion by preventing yourself from being pregnant because they i mean the main thing is abstinence right they're like well if you're a man of god then you'll just wait um but fun fact majority of abortions are from people who are married right like people who already have kids they're like i just can't have another kid right now like i already have a family um yeah and i also wanted to mention with like things that are um like intertwined like that like reproductive rights and trans rights um first want to mention like Although there is a lot of solidarity, I keep making it sad. I'll, I'll try not to. I'll try to loop at the end of this to be not sad because they got they got the music working for us, so we can maybe play some happy things in the background. Um, but a lot of 
people who are like very enraged by Roe v. Wade, understandably, come from a very white feminism perspective. Um, that although trans rights and reproductive rights and especially trans rights were like the canary in the coal mine almost for like reproductive rights and how it's going um how it how its journey in 2022 2021 etc america um is like the lack of solidarity back is like so disappointing to me like people up like the biggest conversation that a lot of people were having is like do we say pregnant people instead of pregnant women like is that dehumanizing women to say pregnant people and it's just like those discussions make me sad like it's it's so disappointing that so many people are like acknowledge the literal life and death of like bodily autonomy conversations and then still won't include people who are the most marginalized in those conversations um and relatedly to trans on, on another note with like trans legislation in general um a lot of and because intersex day of remembrance was actually this tuesday so might as well mention it um a lot of these anti-trans bills, particularly relating to uh, medical transition, explicitly exclude intersex kids. Um, so in the text of the bill, we see... Um, this is just... It makes me laugh because it's so absurd, but it's so terrifying. Um, is like, please do not do any gender-affirming surgery or HRT or anything on trans kids. But if a child is intersex uh, and the parents or doctor would like to force them to fit one assigned role over the other through genital mutation or uh, like feminizing or masculinizing hormones, then they are allowed to do that. Um, so, yeah, it's it's really important to look through look at bodily autonomy through an intersectional lens, because if we don't, we are ultimately leaving people behind. And like, I don't like the idea that we can't care about more than one important thing at once like and and there's kind of tears to things that are important um not in like a oppression olympics way as people like to call it but like like i said with like the inclusion conversation over the literal life and death of like tr like black trans people in southern rural areas are going to be the most affected by this type thing um so yeah but what do you want to meant is there a good what's a good way to spin this to, to, to make it not sad what are some good oh i guess like some good notes um like the first trans man was ever elected in the country like as in the representative the first uh gen zier was elected in florida like we lost ron DeSantis, but we also got the first He's 25, so like the the literal lowest age you can be for House of Representatives, and he won his district in Florida. He had the first openly lesbian governor. Dr. Oz was bested in Pennsylvania. Um, like, there's still some good things to look forward to. Um, yeah, I mean, like it's not like a hundred percent awful, you know. There are again. things that there are things that um. That we can definitely look towards to. It's not all bad. You know, we are seeing resurgence of satanic panic trends. That's quite unfortunate. And it's been resurging since the pandemic. I think with this resurgence or the the actual ascent of QAnon and all of that. Like, I honestly really think that that has been 
quite probably like the worst because most mm. right most marjorie taylor green right she's not somebody who makes the most rational decisions and i use rational very loosely because i don't like but she does not make rational decisions yeah. she makes decisions essentially based off of um whatever QAnon tells her to. yeah she's she's a conspiracy theorist yeah. to the max but again, like, so we're seeing a resurgence of satanic panic trends. And it's definitely with trans people with the idea that more, like, you know, more and more people are coming out as trans, right? Like, that's a cool thing. That, like, that's a, that's a hip new trend. Um, it's my favorite thing. But <laughs> trans know, your kids. No, exactly. But, like, also, you know, I, I've explained this to several people in my life who have told that to me, and I've been like, no. <laughs> That's not how it works. Unfortunately, Unfor actually, not unfortunately. Fortunately, that's not how it works. <laughs> but, um, you know, that's not how it works, right? Like, more, you know, with the acceptance of, you know, queer people. Acceptance, really loose acceptance, because it hasn't been totally accepted. But, you know, with, with trans TV, right? Like, queer media becoming more and more popular. Uh, we see more and more trans characters. Characters that you know, people who are cis can maybe relate to. Um, there's an HBO show I watched. I can't remember what it's called. Somebody did a review for it on Outright. Oh, uh, sort of? Yes, sort of. Sort of on HBO Max. That show is that so good. That was a really good show. And I think that, like, I really think that so many of us, if we're not, not we, but, you know, so you know, I think there's a lot of, interconnecting struggle for cis people and trans people, right? It's not an us versus them kind of situation. Mm -hmm. There are things that we can each relate to about each other. And there's TV has obviously shown us that. Like, you know, our struggles are not necessarily disconnected. Yeah. But um, we do need to be more aware of just, like, the type of rhetoric that has been used against trans people namely like trans people are convincing children or grooming in quotations children to become trans mm. that's not how it works that is not a hundred percent not how it works i can tell you how it works it is more along the fact that you're questioning you know you're questioning your gender you decided to label it how what? dare you yeah, no stop that you? and you know, there are, like, there are parents who are very accepting of their trans children. Like, there are parents who say that, oh, you know, I let my child decide who they are. And it's a very sweet thing to see, I think, mm. because I also often think that a lot of people think of children as property and not necessarily as little humans with their own thoughts and ideas. Um people kind of project their own identities onto their children without asking them what they kind of want, you know? Um, and, and it's so funny, too, because, like, the whole thing about not wanting to be, like, tread on by the government and then, like, criticizing gentle parenting and, like, potentially gender-neutral parenting and allowing no, exactly. kids to be people. No, exactly, exactly. Like, I don't know, children... 
I think children are more adept at understanding identity than we think them to. Like, I think a lot of people think of children as, like, these beings that are blank canvases that they can kind of mold. But that's not true. Children always have, you know, their own inhibitions and all of that. Um, All that to say that, you know, trans rhetoric, like, using children as against trans people as if trans people weren't children themselves and also the fact that trans people don't have children like come on be for real shout out to the trans parent who is in outright honestly cole Cole. oh my god shout out to cole and their adorable kids who are living their best lives no, because every time cole gives us like a heartwarming parenting story like i want to cry like it's honestly like, I don't know. I just, I don't remember where I was going. This is my original point. The point is, um, you know, children are very, like, children are a very convenient avenue to, you know, Basie's anti-trans laws on. But, you know, also that children are can be trans themselves. Um, and they they obviously know that. Uh. Okay, here's something. I hear music. Can you hear it? Yes. I hear it a little bit. <laughs> Shout out. I get to put podcaster on my resume now that I've done this. <laughs> okay, in the background now, as we're talking about how beautiful trans kids are. Shout out to trans kids. Uh, we will now have some of the songs from our Satanic Panic playlist playing in the background. Hopefully you can hear them faintly. It'll be available when our print drops in week 10. Um, But back to trans kids, like there was another film that I I wanted to mention. It's one we actually, we dropped a review tonight and it was, um, or today, and it was, um, what you called? Oh, released to theaters today. Uh, You can go see it in Glendale if you would like. Um, It's called Homebody. And it follows this little boy, Johnny, this like cute little kid uh, and his older babysitter, Melanie, who I thought was going to be gay in the movie, but she wasn't. You know what? I'll headcanon her as as bi and we just she had a boyfriend at at this time. Um, But she's like a doula and she like this kid absolutely loves her. He wants to be with her forever. Um, He's like 10 or something. It's very cute. Um, And then he learns about like almost astral projection uh, and projects his consciousness into her body so it's like a Freaky Friday movie Um, but he like controls a woman's body um, and it's ultimately so cute because this kid like becomes comfortable in her femininity and like there's a through line in the movie where at the beginning he like wants to try out her lipstick uh, and like he's so nervous about it he hides it from his mom And then after this wacky experience in her body and like learning more about his identity and what it's like to be a grown up and to be a woman, he proudly puts on lipstick at the end and his mom tells him it looks good on him. Like if we if we had more parents that like just allowed gender expression to happen freely, like the world would be such a better place. Well, also, like, too, I also think another part of it is that people are really married to their identities in a sense that, like, especially, like, cis people, you know, like, Mm -hmm. they don't really, like, you know, my mom will say things sometimes where I'm like, huh, that's interesting. 
Um, oh, I hear Lady Gaga in the background. Oh yeah, All Judas right. is playing in the background. Um, Judas. Um, karaoke time. Just no, really? <laughs> pause the conversation to sing Judas by Lady Gaga. All of um, those videos on TikTok that are like. <laughs> no, sorry, I got distracted for a second. <laughs> um, but yeah, my mom will say things sometimes, and I'm like, hmm, interesting. Um, because I also think that like I think a lot of people are nervous to mm. explore different identities. I think that it, it is very nerve-wracking. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it is a very nerve-wracking experience to actually have to explore that. But instead of exploring this, like, this hesitancy in, like, a healthy way, right, you have politicians instead of being, like, absolutely not, nobody's exploring anything. Mm. Which is sad. It is very sad. Because, like, I don't know, kids, kids are so unfazed by a lot of things that, like, and, and a lot of um, lawmakers are under this impression that, like, as soon as you realize you're trans, uh, like, top surgery is automatically scheduled, like, even no. if you're, like, eight years old. Um, I've had to combat so much misinformation about surgeries. I'm like, no doctor in the United States will guarantee you surgery until you're at least 18. Yeah, and if it's, like, you have to have the most support from multiple from your parents, from multiple therapists, you have to live in a blue state, like have a really, uh, like a really good doctor in order to get it at like 16. If you like are a special case for top surgery, like they do not offer any sort of bottom surgery for kids. Like no, it just exactly. doesn't happen. Exactly. I'm like, this does not actually happen in the real like, world. Like the only, the only way that like, you're not sending your kid to a back alley to get their bottom surgery. Like there is so much red tape um there's so much bureaucracy like you can't just do it and no, i think seriously. similarly like for name changes too like even even oh name God. changes it's not as easy as going up to like the county clerk's office and being like hey can i change my name like no you have to like pay a fee you have to like it's 400 over 400 dollars in oh, california yeah. it's crazy absolutely not not in this economy not in this economy, no way. Yeah. Sorry, I will not be legally known as Judah. Absolutely <laughs> because, not. Because like I was yes, like, absolutely same. not. Like that no. But, I am not paying four hundred dollars for that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just like I'm like, yeah, I would love to not be dead named on this when I take the safe ride van home, but I also don't want to pay four hundred dollars and appear in front of a judge oh, to yeah. explain that I'm trans and need a new name that I've been using for five years. Like my goodness no yeah it is there's so much bureaucracy around transness that it's not exactly something that is unregulated in quotations of it has to be regulated um so like i would even say like trans panic is a defense but i would mm. also say that like too like we can say satanic panic trans panic that is what's happening right now it's like a mass hysteria of something that's not even really happening yeah um they but saw yeah. one Reddit thread that was dramatized, and they're like, this is it. This no, is it. No, for real. No, for real. It's one, I don't know, New York Post Not the New York article. Post. The Daily Mail. The Daily Mail, the Daily Wire. It's something, like, right-wing and something all the way out there that is really hard to believe. Like, it's no critical thought whatsoever. Just Absolutely a, not. Just a, I believe that. That will absolutely happen if it's we like let the... our children explore their identities they will cut off their whatevers it's yeah. like i don't know it the, the whole entire thing is crazy and 
not fun but kind of fun loop back is why are they so afraid of quote unquote women removing their uh removing their things that can help create babies and vice versa i wonder why well, that's what actually really interesting because you know a lot of women cis women have been seeking uh bilateral salpingectomies mm -hmm. um in the in post roe v wade and they have not been granted cis women these are cis women right these are not trans men these are not these are just normal cis women who are like, hey, I want these parts taken out of my body. And they're like, do you have permission from your husband and your mother and your dog and your priest? You because have, you have permission from the man upstairs? Yeah, did God send you a text message and tell you that this was okay? Because he, I bet he didn't. No, because like, you know, like, there's just this massive, like, I think also because there's been a decline in like, children being born and specifically white children in white america, children in america yeah. being born that i think a lot of people are afraid that when people start exploring their gender no one's gonna want to have babies no one's I gonna want to have white little babies to rule the country but i don't think that's necessarily <laughs> true you know because i also think too that like queer families do exist it's not like like, I think a lot of it has to do with xenophobia, xenophobia, mm. and a, anything anti-wasp. There's a girl in our org whose parents, uh, her and her two siblings, are all queer. Like, it's possible. I mean, we're just taking over naturally. We don't oh, even I mean, need to do anything. Oh, look at me and my twin. Yeah, you look and your twin. Look at me twin. He's, he's trans mask. I'm non-binary. Coincidence? Coincidence? I think not. I think not. Oh my god. Yeah, it's just let people explore, please. Everyone will be happier. And there's also like a lot of attitude from like boomers particularly that like, oh, like my parents would have kicked my ass if I did that or like all this stuff and like deep down for a lot of those it's like really sad like, well, you shouldn't have been treated that way. Like oh, Yeah, 100%. You should have been able to, you know, put on your mom's heels and <laughs> stuff like that. Like it's so harmless. A that, lot like, of these things yeah. are harmless, right? Like, I don't think a little kid, like, a little boy trying on a dress for the first time is going to automatically make him trans. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the, the, a lot of these things are, like, really, like, innocent, innocuous things that nobody should really bat an eye at because children are just naturally curious anyways. And it's also funny, too, because, like, the mass emasculation of men who are not super masculine... And then if they're like, yeah, you're right, I am a woman, they're like, whoa, 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 what do you mean? I was just joking when I said that you were, you oh, yeah. uh, were like a girl. Uh, it's because I hate women. <laughs> like, no, yeah, like there, there are like all like the alpha, beta, all of that stuff is also like a huge cesspool of like transphobia mm. because the minute you know somebody comes out as trans, specifically a trans woman, they're like, their masculinity is threatened. Yeah, not only is their masculinity threatened. It's also like, sorry, my brain farted. It's also like kind of ironic, you know, because they'll be like, oh, you're not a real man. You're not a real, like, you're like a soy boy. Yeah, and because then they're you... like, okay, well, I'm actually going to start taking real estrogen, real big girl estrogen. And... I'm going to start drinking the soy. Yeah. Uh... Like, you know, you told me I sh I was, so... Yeah, and I, I will. And it's like, and then they get upset about it. And it's like, first of all, it's none of your business. <laughs> Second of all, really? 
Yeah. They're like, no, emasculating you is supposed to turn you into a hardened shell of a man who beats his wife and controls the family. Like, what are you doing going this opposite way that makes you happy? No, exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's just... Whew, I'm rolling my eyes right now. <laughs> um, because it's just, I don't know, this whole conversation is... There's so many moving parts, you know what there I mean? Are, like, yeah. It's not just legislation, right? Because legislation is kind of like the the big like we can talk about legislation but also like at a societal level right like b before there there was no legis like let's be for real there was no trans actual trans legislation up until this year or like i guess i guess i should say more specifically up until like 2016 when trump became president yeah like, like explicitly first, about yeah, gender affirming with the first stuff. wave of like bathroom bills like that didn't happen until at least the 2010s in my knowledge to my knowledge i feel like it was like unspoken to a certain degree but like now right. it's institutionalized exactly yeah. and my point is this is like the bills are kind of like the last step mm. you know like, it's like now it's societal and now it's legislative it's yeah, official it's official like it's like the last step because like before this right like trans trans people were not accepted there was multiple deaths a year trans panic in most places is still a defense you know against or defense for violent crime yeah violent yeah, crime for, against for, trans women for anyone who doesn't know uh trans panic is the idea that or the legal argument not the idea um that if a person finds out that their partner or someone they were sleeping with, for example, is trans, that it sent them into a bout of temporary insanity, so they are not responsible for their actions if they uh, harmed or killed that person. Oh, and it's... Yikes! Yikes! Yikers! Yikes. Oh, yikes. It's very yikes. But since we have six more minutes, I don't want to be talking about depressing stuff. yeah a nicer thing uh let's talk about something nicer the fall print oh it's the fall print the 10th i'm excited i wrote for it chris wrote for it yes and did you do art for it too i did do art for it too yeah 10th week it's coming out hopefully monday of week 10 these um, like our swiss army knife yeah like, for real like i hope everything i'm glad i'm like it's so funny i was like making the contributors page and i'm like should I put myself down for everything? I did copy editing and artists and wrote an article and I'm doing layout. Um, but it's fun, you know. Uh, I'm like, I'm super excited. I'm like so excited. Like, it's so fun being on the other side of creating a print. Like, it's so cool to have it in your hands as like a consumer, but like putting your blood, sweat and tears into it for six weeks and then you get it and like everybody loves it and you make cute merch. Like... It's also good. It feels good. So it feels so good. Really good. Um, I'm also just genuinely excited because this is kind of like our fuck you to, you know, what's happening in the rural south, yeah, in the Midwest. I don't think you're really seeing it so much in the coasts, um, because obviously in Los Angeles you have WeHo, you have all sorts of little pockets of safe spaces, yeah. yeah, safe spaces, um. And so you don't really see it so much in the coast, but you do see it in more rural areas um, that are more that typically lean more conservative. So this is like our big fuck you. Yeah. Like our big like we're here. 
not to sound corny we're here we're queer and we're not going anywhere yeah and um, the, the queer people living in the rural south we know that this is not you please do not blame yourself like a lot of I've, yeah. s I've seen a lot of TikToks like with the midterms like of people who are in historically blue states shaming people in red states for being red and it's I, like I wonder if there's such a thing as voter suppression <laughs> no I've like you know people need to be gentle on themselves right these are not easy fights these are not and these are never gonna be easy fights we're I don't think there's ever going to be a time where we could sit down and relax especially in our generation um, so these are not going to be easy fights, unfortunately. Um, so I think people need to be kinder to themselves, especially rural, you know, queer people in the South. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. This is a systemic, institutionalized problem. Um, it was systemic, now it's institutionalized. Yeah. So I think, like... You know, we just have to be there for each other. That's gonna sound really corny, but we do. You know, we do. We have to create, you know, I just say keep creating queer art. Yes. Keep, do not stop. Do not stop creating queer art. Do not stop being unapologetically queer. Um, do not stop, like, do not stop being who you are because other people are telling you not to. Obviously, this is conditional. You know, there are people who have detransitioned for safety reasons. And also, again, not their fault. I know not their lot, fault. I do know that there was, for a while, a lot of people who blamed detransitioners on what was going on legislatively. And Yikes. And I had to be like, no, that's not how... <laughs> the, the, like, people who detransitioned for safety, and Kat Black also talked about this, who's a trans um, video essayist on YouTube, she talked about how, um, you know, there are a lot of people who detransition for safety and we shouldn't be upset with them because they're detransitioning purely because it was unsafe. Yeah. Like, they would, like, be killed. Like, it was just, like, it was it got that bad. And I, and I, I believe it's still that bad. Um, so, yeah, again, conditional. But still, you know, don't stop being unapologetically yourself. I think that's all we could ask for. Yeah, Especially, like, like this that's... print is very, like, self-expressive. Yeah, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of history to this print. There's a lot of creativity. There's a lot of focus on queer art. Even the layout that we've been going for is, like, one of the layout pieces that was just finished for an article about historical ties, um of like lesbians to satanism and like the salem witch trials and stuff like that like the layout for that piece is inspired by historical queer zines that have been happening for forever we're the oldest queer college publication in the nation we are a part of queer history and I like say i love our like magazine wall oh in yeah the office we have all the old retro vintage prints yeah we have drawers full of our archives from like 1980 all this and it's like those people made art and we are continuing to make art and we hope the people who come after us continue to not shut up about queerness because we deserve to be as loud as we want uh, and to exist without persecution and in safety and with all the resources that we need. So that's the takeaway from this. All the sad shit behind us. Um, Hopefully next episode will be a little bit happier. We yeah, next. About a little bit of we can talk about happy development. Yeah, yes. Maybe we should have a segment that's like good news. Yeah, good stuff good that happened. Good news that happened. 
That's a good um, idea. That's a good. So we're not yeah. devastated to do it at the end. But, but yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, next week, I guess we'll do our little outro here. Uh, next week, since it is Trans Awareness Week next week, coincidentally. It'll be the trans episode. Yeah, the trans episode. Uh, Jude and I will be trans for that episode only. And then we are now, once again cisgender. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> please know that i'm kidding um and yeah we're hopefully gonna get some advice column submissions look up on our instagram for when i drop uh the advice column form if you have a trans issue or you're trans yourself and want to share your story we would love to talk about it give you some advice kind of queer am i the asshole vibes uh and yeah so you can follow outright on instagram twitter uh, TikTok and Facebook at Outright News Mag. And check out our articles on OutrightNewsMag.org. That's right, spelled like W R I T E. Uh, and also watch out for our fall print, which we'll be plugging until it's released. Satanic Panic coming out week 10. Uh, I've been Christopher. And I've been Judah. We'll see you next Friday for the next episode of Speak Out. See you next week. Yeah. I'm a forgiver.